Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Hello, everyone. Today, I've got Diane Stojanis with me, and I am so excited because she and I got to do a little bit of talking before this, and we've got some fun stories to share. Um, She is the founder of DST Advisory Group, and I will let her introduce herself and a little bit more about her company. Perfect. Great. Thanks so much for having me. And um, yeah, we, uh, I think we, we did a lot of giggling and a lot of sharing before this started, but um, yes, I, I'm the founder and president of uh, DST Advisory Group, and we are a specialty tax uh, consulting firm. Uh, we help uh, companies of all sizes identify and claim and, and really defend their research tax credits. Um, so we're very niche in the market and in the industry. Um, we don't do full CPA accounting. We really just focus on this one piece of the tax code, which is uh, research and development tax credits. We do work on U.S. and Canadian claims. Um, we're comprised really of engineers and scientists, uh, very technical base, coupled with our accountants and CPAs, um, tax attorneys. So we really come at uh, our studies and work with our clients at uh, a three-prong approach, which is um, really a great way to kind of substantiate their claims. So despite the, the typical, stereotypical, boring nature of engineers and CPAs, um, I, I always like to say we have the funnest part of the tax code and the most interesting part of the tax code. And we get to interact with people who are doing really cool, innovative stuff. Um, and uh, we get to help them find money and save money um, at the end of the day on their taxes, which is everyone loves to do that. Yeah. And before we get into the nitty gritty of innovation and R&D and all of that, I want to know, how did you get into this? Yeah, it, um, it is kind of a little atypical, I think, path and journey for me. So um, I am first generation um Canadian I live uh, just outside of Buffalo on the Canadian side um I am a chemist and a metallurgist by background I started in industry um right out of university and uh the company I was with uh, I was um, I come from steel making and I went into the their R&D group their innovation group um I'm a co-inventor on a uh, patent uh, steel skinned um panel and we defended our claim. I helped um, my manager at the time defend our claim for the, the Canadian credit, for, for their credit. Um, and it was great. We sustained the credit in its full amount and, and kind of enjoyed that experience. And when that uh, my time at that company wound down, I ended up working um, as an independent contractor for a company doing just this, exactly what I do. And we went out there and, and helped companies, you know, develop those relationships with those uh, individuals and those taxpayers, told their story, wrote down, you know, the, the reports and substantiation with respect to kind of what they're doing. I've always had a thing for numbers as well. So the numbers kind of came easy to me, even though I'm not a CPA, picked up a lot of it on the way. And then eventually just kind of grew that into um, where I am today and, and started hung up my shingle and, and um, had uh, was very lucky to have some business come right along with me right away. Um, and now we are a team of 20 plus individuals 
Um, we made uh, Inc. 5000's list um, in 2022, and uh, I was uh, honored to be uh, Enterprising Women of the Year earlier this year, which was super exciting. Um, so had quite the entrepreneurial journey um, over the past six, seven years of having DST. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really just servicing clients and being credible um, on the technical science part, defending and writing a credible story as to what the facts are, what their engineers and their scientists are doing and connecting with them at that level from an operational perspective, documenting it. If the facts are there and you can defend the facts of what their science and their engineering you know, um, work is and align that with what the code and the regulations are, are allowing the work to do and then find the dollars associated with that, then those taxpayers are entitled to the credit. So it's a very easy story to tell at that point. And um, it's, it's not a legal argument to make and it's not who has the best legal argument and who has the best you know, persuasive this or that or anything like that. It's the facts. Like, are you doing work that qualifies? And can you back it up? Great. Then you're entitled to the to the dollars. Are you not? Okay, then you're not. <laughs> you're not eligible. It's really, really straightforward. And every government and every country wants their people and their citizens and their corporate citizens to 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 continue to innovate and continue to do great work. Um, and they want, you know, when that happens and they hire more people and then they pay more taxes and they, you know continue to develop and manufacture and grow and that's how the economy ends up growing so it's a, these credits like this are good things to have out there and in, in, in the you know the overall economic and grand scheme of things but of course they're going to be policed and of course there's going to be rules and guidelines that need to be followed so as long as these taxpayers are doing great things then they're entitled to these credits and that's how it should be there are people out there who take an aggressive stance. There's people out there who take, you know, see this as you know, a little bit greedy and that's, well, who's watching me? Let's just put a bit more in there. And they should be police. They should, you know, be slapped on the wrist for doing that. Um, so they should go away. Those ones should go away and, you know, exit stage left, so to speak. Um, but the ones who truly are innovating, who truly are deserving of these awesome credits, um, they should take that money and they truly take it and reinvest back in the company. They truly take it and reinvest in the technology and the development that they're doing. Um, and that's what me and my team, we love seeing that. And we love working with those clients and those taxpayers to help them identify and grow and build and continue to do that. And we're like, wow, you know, we were part of that. We helped you. We helped you innovate. We helped you make the world a little better um, by having this new product, by finding this new technology, by, you know, doing this little bit of good. Um, we helped you do that by finding these additional credits. So um, it's something I've, I just, I could talk for hours on, on it, but I just, I really, really have a lot of passion for it. And um, when our clients have that trust in us to trust us to open up their books and open up their technology to show us like, here, let me show you the latest thing I'm working on. I almost kind of get lost in the fact that, um, it's such a privilege. Like I kind of sit down and go like, wow, tell me more. And I don't really need to know this, but oh, show me how you did that. Because our team, by heart and by nature, we are technical and engineers or scientists or chemists. And we just inquiring minds, we want to know how they're doing that. And then that's excitement feeds to the people that we're talking with. And then they tell us more. And that's how we find more opportunities and more credits and 
then the tax people who hire us are like, wow, you found more. This is great. And that's that really positive momentum that keeps going and going and going. Sorry, that was like a super long answer to your question. No, that was amazing. I've actually like <laughs> got people I need to introduce you to. Um, it's really wonderful to hear. And honestly, we need experts like you in this field just because your team and what you do there's so many of us that possibly are innovating and we just don't know what qualifies and what doesn't qualify and you know how far do we need to to be and what reports do we need to show and you know what's the story and how do we frame this and and what can we get for this there's just so many questions and as a for-profit organization even though we're a public benefit corporation we're we're taxed as an s corp um, or a c corp um and as that there's not a lot of grants and funding available right and so this is one opportunity for us to get something to reinvest into our technology and our innovation so it's exactly. really great and so I love hearing about your passion for this and congratulations on your awards but I have to ask you the same question again you said you were a metallurgist like I don't even know how to say that word yeah. <laughs> um, how did you get into that because are there a lot of female entrepreneurs in that field? Not at all. And um, so what, when, when I graduated from university and even like during university, uh, I mean, before I wanted to work. So <laughs> really funny story. My, my grand, so I have a Greek background and my grandparents um, learned to speak English by watching the end of the restless. And um, so I was at a very young age, you know, my grandmother, um, watched my mother worked uh, until I was about three or four, and then my mother uh, was a stay-at-home mom. And so, Beyond the Restless was always on TV; like it was just in the background. So, for those of you who watch Beyond the Restless, Ashley Chabot was a chemist in Chabot Cosmetics, and I—I I don't know if that was implanted as a young age, but I always wanted to be a scientist in chem, like in a cosmetics company. I wanted to kind of make makeup and do perfumes and that's what I wanted to do I always envisioned myself in that field um and even as I went through getting my undergrad in chemistry I wanted to do that so fast forward I'm walking you know through the halls of my university and I see this job posting for a steel mill which is my dad I worked there as an electrician it was in my city here it's one of the biggest you know um, job employers in the area and I went, well, I guess I'll apply there. They're looking for a chemist in their, in their chem labs. I'll apply. Went through the intense hiring process and I got a job there. So I was their junior chemist right out of university and it was a great job. Um, so being, you know, working there, I'm like, well, I don't know really much about hard metals and chemistry. I should go back and get my metallurgy uh, certification and education. So I did that part-time um, like through continuing education while I was working there. So that's how I got my, my metallurgy. So I moved away from the white lab coat, making perfumes, that concept and that ideation. And I was in a, in a lab coat, but it was in a very dirty steel <laughs> making environment. But that allowed me to move into the R&D innovation group that allowed me to get you know the patent, um, which is subsequently sold to friends of, of mine who uh, co-workers, ex-co-workers, who are now doing really, really well with that patent in a different application um, and then springboarded um, to where I am today. So, um, but yeah, in the city, I, you know, we're, we're a very steel making city. So it was very normal to get kind of that background and have people here in the city, in my town to have 
that kind of uh, experience. It's fascinating. We never know what's going to influence us and how that you know path is going to go when we're thinking about what do we want to be when we grow up. I always tell people I, I had no idea where I was going to be. Um, and had I planned on this five years ago, I would have said, no way, that's not, that's not ever going to happen. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And you know, when I started at the steel mill, you know, it was 92% male and the average age was like 47 years old. So you have to figure here I am as a recent 21 year old grad female. And so the demographics were really, really, you know, not skewed in my favor. Um, and I'll never forget, like one of the, the pieces of advice, and this is kind of one of the high, you know, um, if you look at your lifeline, one of the pieces of advice that kind of was pivotal was from my dad because he was an electrician there. He's now since retired. Um, but one of the things he said was to me was, don't you go in there assuming you know more than one of the operators on your line just because you have a fancy piece of paper. And that's something I will always, like it's tattooed in my brain. I will always, always remember that because it's absolutely right. Those operators know more about how that equipment is run, know more about the chemistries that are going on in those blast furnaces and in the molten, you know, molten steel and what the color of the flame tells you about the chemistry. So they don't need a sample and it being run through the, you know, the x-rays and stuff to tell you what the composition is. They can look at the flame color and say, I know that's X, Y, Z, you know, kind of composition. And he's 100% right all the time. So that's like one of those words of advice that I will always, always take with me. Um, and it was even harder as a young female walking in there because the demographics were so skewed mm -hmm. and not know, I mean, if someone had said, oh, you know, and, and 15, 20 years from now, you're going to be, you know, running a tax consulting firm. I'll be like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're out of your mind. I don't know the first thing about that. Um, yeah. So your path takes you in many different ways. And then even, you know, today, this is primarily, there's, there's plenty of women in tax, um, but it's certainly not the majority. Um, and we're seeing more and more of it, um, which is fantastic. And there's a lot of different associations that I try even within within DST. So our, our firm is based out of Southfield, Michigan. Within Michigan, there's the Michigan Tax um, Association of Women. And they do a lot of great events where there's certain events that are just geared towards fundraising for tuition for women going in to pursue their CPA license or various tax scholarships. Um, and that's one of the first things I did within DST is like, I want to be part of that. I want to make sure we sponsor that. Um, and continue to move that forward. Um, I've been a member of another women's organization, Zonta, for probably 17 years, where that's a nonprofit organization. And, and the whole mission is to improve the status of women and girls locally and internationally. And there's a lot of scholarships and bursaries, and we do a lot of charity work, you know, locally and internationally. And this comes all about equ equity and, you know, improving just your local community, women's shelters, um, sexual assault awareness, domestic abuse, gender-based violence, um, anything you can possibly imagine across the world. Um, so moving that forward and bringing that into, I've got two teenage daughters now, um, bringing that into their lives to recognize, for them to always recognize, like 
this is something we're very privileged where we live. You guys have opportunities ahead of you that girls across the world don't. And trying to bring that forward and be ever mindful and ever, ever cognizant of that uh, and appreciate that is something I'm trying to always bring into my day to day. Yes, and we talked a little bit about your daughters before this. I also have two daughters, but they're older and out of the house. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about being a female entrepreneur with a family, with daughters, um, particularly in part because, you know, I went through this similar experience and I worked really hard to get to where I'm at. And again, I didn't know I was going to run a business Um I didn't know I was going to be a CEO one day. I didn't know that I was eventually going to buy that business and be an owner of a business, but I worked really hard and sometimes really long hours. And for me, I think it was a little bit of my, you know, immigration story and, you know, first generation graduate from college. There was a lot of pressure for me to, to be something and to prove that my mother came to this country for the right reason um, and, and to live up to that. So there's probably a lot of baggage for me for why I worked so hard. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just didn't get to spend a lot of time with my girls in some of those formidable years because I was yeah. trying to build my career, not knowing where I was going to end up, but just wanting to prove that I could do more. Um, and I know that you've had a similar journey in like being a mother and trying to figure out how do I balance, you know, my my family and my work. My work obviously provides something that allows me to provide more for my family. You know, how has that been for you? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that um, your experience, because I think I may make a lot of that. Like I'm first generation. My older sister and I are the first to attend post-secondary, you know, any kind of post-secondary education. Um, my parents worked really hard to give us the opportunities that they didn't have. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel the need to make them proud, make myself proud, push, push, push. Um, and that's that drive and, and in me. And as a result of that, yeah, I mean, I work really long hours. I put my heart and soul into it. Um, I travel a lot. I, I recognize, I self-recognize that I don't always celebrate the wins. So I'm very hard on myself and I'm cognizant that I think they see that I don't want them to think that while wow, running a business and owning a business is all stress because look how hard mom works and mom is stressed out all the time. So I, I that's why this year in particular, I think I mentioned earlier, I try to put a word on my screensaver and it reminds me to you know do that word every year. So this year, my word is appreciation. So I'm trying to appreciate um, you know things more. I'm trying to celebrate the wins. Um, and celebrate and you know, take moments to appreciate each other and myself and my kids and my husband and my family and you know what we've got and things like that and I do a lot of that through my volunteer and, and service work as well um, so yeah I battle with that like how much do I push myself to work um, and the one thing that's always got me ever since they were born is when I'm here with them home and set my time aside with them I'm with them um, so I really try to, yes, it's okay. It has taken a while, but it's okay to be passionate about what I do and love what I do. And when I'm on the road and when I'm in my office, my office in Michigan, which I just came back from there this week, 
Um, I work my butt off. Like I put in tremendous long hours. I'm up all the time, but when I'm home on the weekends, like I'm turned off, I'm with them. Like they're at daycare when they were younger, I drop them off. I work, 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 work. And then when I pick them up, whether, you know, my husband gets them or my mother or whoever and bring them home, I'm, I'm theirs until they go to bed. And then I'm like, work, 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 work. <laughs> um, so it's knowing that balance like be present with them when they are there and make sure they know that. So weekends were our time. Like I took them to all their events on the weekends. That was my time with them. Um, and knowing that they know that's important. Um, and then doing things that gives them the ability to know that they can always count them. So now they're older, we FaceTime all the time. Like yesterday I FaceTimed with them. And, um, and then COVID actually surprisingly allowed me you know, even though that was stressful for a whole different sort of reasons, um, but allowed me to be home with them. So they, I set up a little table in my office here. They did their little work. I did my work, you know, their schoolwork. We had a video up where they had um, their Zoom with their teacher and I would just sat in the background uh, and did my work uh, on the side. Um, so it's, it's a challenge, but I want them to see like having it all doesn't mean doing it all and getting burnt out. It means knowing when to set your priorities and being present for those, your family and whatnot, setting out that time and just committing it. But you can still be passionate about your business and your work and your career. And that's okay. You don't have to apologize for that. But just know that you equally have to have that same passion for the time for your family, your kids, your spouse, your whatever, you know, on the side, your, your volunteer work, your side gig, whatever you're doing on the side. Yes, my daughters are older, um, and so they've both worked for the company at some point in time. And so while this is not anything they ever want to take over, this is not their passion, they understand my passion a little bit more because they've gotten to be in the day-to-day -day with me. Um, and so they have a deeper understanding for what it is, which is nice. But it really wasn't until my older daughter was about 18, she was already off at college, and there was an EO global event. EO is entrepreneurs organization. That's how you and I actually got connected. Mm -hmm. And there was an event with Malala. And so even though it was, you know, a yeah. hundred of our, our favorite EO friends, it was still a very like intimate live conversation with Malala. And I tweeted something about it. And there was, you know, how Zoom puts your face right next to the speaker's face where the speaker's talking. And so it's like Malala and me, that <laughs> was like right next to her and my daughter. And of course I took a screenshot of that. And my daughter was like, you are the coolest mom ever. And I was like, yes, win. <laughs> I finally did something. So I have um, four more years to go. I went to my. <laughs> no. Okay. So. I think you just won recently. <laughs> I hope so. Fingers and crossed. So, um, I would love for you to share with everybody this, this wonderful story that you yeah. shared with me before this call. Yeah. So, so literally um, it was July 10th because we were driving to a family function. Me, me and the girls, three of us were driving to a, um, a family function and uh, we were talking and they've never been to a concert before. And I said, you know, look, if you guys ever want to go to a concert, just let me know. Like, you know, I can, if you want me to get tickets, like, you know, we, we can go. It'd be fun. Like, what kind of concert do you want to go to? And they dropped the bomb uh, on July 10th. They said, well, we'd like to go see Taylor Swift. 
And I said, like, now you're telling me? Like, I didn't even know you liked Taylor Swift. Like, now you're telling me you want to go see see Taylor Swift. I said, come on. Like, guys, her, her, like, all her concerts are full. Like, they're sold out. Like, there's, you could have told me this months ago. At least I had a chance of getting something. And I said, okay, well, I mean, does she even have any dates left? Is she even coming to Toronto? I, I mean, I think it's over. And um, sure enough, yesterday I was in Michigan. I was driving back home with an EO. This is what I love about the EO women because, I mean, women make it happen, which is why I absolutely love someone within the EO women um, chat that we have, all of us across the world, said, I've got tickets in L.A., on August 7th does anybody want to want in and uh this was like at 6 30 she messaged I got home about 11 o'clock uh last night my kids were still up and I said do you guys want to go see Taylor Swift on Monday in LA and like their jaws dropped to the floor and they went you're kidding right like are you serious and I said I'm serious you said last month you want to go see her I've got an opportunity and they said who do you know in LA was the first question <laughs> and I said well someone one of the women in EO like they've, they've got tickets like they want me to ask her if they're still available and they're like yeah and I go okay and I asked and she said yes so we're flying Sunday out to LA to go see Taylor Swift on the last leg of her tour um and then we're going to fly back on on Tuesday so the three of us are just going to go fly out see the concert and fly back they were up till like one o'clock last night trying to see like, well, now we need outfits. Like, where are we going to go buy outfits from? Um, we checked to make sure our passports are all like their passports are good. So this feels like I just won the lottery because I because it makes up for all of the guilt of the late nights, the travel, the not being around and these little spur. This is kind of almost a once in a lifetime little spur for the moment, weekend trip, 24, like within an hour we had this booked and literally we're leaving in like 96 hours, leaving in three days to go do an overnight trip to go see a concert halfway across the, well, across the country for me um, and back. And this is going to just make this experience. And like the EO connection is fantastic. The women in EO are fantastic. This is not the first time I've been able to use this connection and and meet amazing people and, and make these connections. Um, so yeah, I just feel like hopefully they see that this hard work um, and all everything I'm doing kind of pays off a little bit um, and they appreciate, you know, all this this effort that I'm putting in because it benefits not only, you know, us and our lifestyle, but also it's the relationships and the experience. And there's a couple I was telling my husband this morning over coffee, like there's about four or five total including them like 15 year olds or you know kind of going I said wouldn't it be cool if they just made friends with these kids and like they just developed these connections and like stayed in contact like wouldn't that be so cool (laughs) um so we were just I'm really really looking forward to this experience for them and again for the three of us to do it together so so yeah so hopefully I won like some mom award in their eyes And mom awards are so much better than any of the other awards that you or your business could ever win. (laughs) So much, so much. Yeah. Like I just like said, can you just give me a hug? Like, like, like last night, like, give me a hug. Like I just, and like without an instant of, they just came right over. They're like, we're so excited. (laughs) So yeah. So I'm excited. So this is, this is really, really great. 
There's so many beautiful things in that story. And, you know, it's testament to, we put so much work into our businesses. And there are days when I'm like, why am I doing this? Why don't I just work for somebody else? I'd probably make more money. <laughs> and I wouldn't have all this stress and I wouldn't have to deal with taxes or legal stuff or payroll or all of these extra things that sometimes I don't even know. Like I'll get an email one day and I'll be like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> like, what am I supposed yeah. to do with that? <laughs> and it just, it makes up for it. It's those, those moments like that, that again, like you can't even plan for something like that to happen. It's just these connections and relationships and magical moments that, that show up in our lives because of what we've put into this. You got it. Yeah. And you know what? And, and just from like, from, from a business perspective, this was, it was a somewhat of a challenging week for us. I had a resignation earlier this week um, and it was tough because the resignation was going to a competitor and the competitor was um, an ex-partner um, and it was, it would, it was just difficult because the resignation was someone who I honestly, you know, I try to develop relationships with all of, all of my team. And I try to do uh, and I think we are, we're doing all the right things. We hold our work product and our quality to the highest standards um, because that's what our clients deserve. And I think that's what they're entitled to. And we want to provide a credible report, a credible study, credible numbers that are defendable. We want our clients to be able to sleep at night. Um, that's why our clients are coming back to us. Like that's why, you know, they, they call on us and they trust us. We, we, and we love that. Um, so when we lose someone that we put a lot of time and energy to all of our, our teams and all of our processes and we lose someone and, and, um, when there's just some perhaps underhanded stuff going on, um, geared to maybe, you know, put some chaos in what we've tried to build, it hurts a little bit. Um, but then, you know, we, we had a really great conversation with the team and we said, you know what, this this departure isn't hurting as much as, you know, it's fine. We wish him well, you know, he left right away. We had some great conversations with the remaining team. Everyone's cool. You know, we're cool. And we said, you know what, we're on the right path. We're going to continue with growth and positivity. And so be it, we've got way, you know, way more clients than we know what to do with, which is a good problem to have. We were continuing our interview process. We've got some really great candidates. Um, you know, kind of teed up, which is a good problem, you know, to have again, like we're just picking the right one, that's gonna be the right fit. So we're continuing on this role of positivity. And then when this, you know, really great positive thing happens, it's like universe is telling us that we're, we're on the right path. Um, so it was really, really like, we're, we're on the right path, keep going. Like it was just that extra positivity of keep going, you know, uh, our team, our, our team continues, like, that's the one thing we've really pried on our, our team is really, really important to us. And we're trying, I know we're small and I know we've grown so quickly over the past couple of years that we haven't, it's always that, um, you know, the chicken and the egg thing, right? You got to go to, got to get a good process in place. Great. But wait a minute, we're growing too quickly. Okay. Well, we're going to deal with this first and then put the process in place because <laughs> the customer, we got too many customers. And then, you know, we're okay. Now we have a good team. Uh, you know, we've got enough people that we can, now we, we can put a process in place. And then people leave because we don't have a process in place. Okay, well, then I'm going to go back on the production side and get stuff out the door because we can't let customers leave. 
So we had that continuing cycle happen for so long that we finally had some time last year to pause, brought an HR strategist in to help us really focus on the team and our human capital piece. Because I'm like, enough's enough. We've really got to make our team important um, and put that as a priority, which is what we did. So I know we're on the right path and we're doing so well. And our customers are feeling it. Like they're like, yeah, you know, this is, we have never lost a customer um, for circumstances out of our control. Um, so this is the universe kind of just coming back to say, you're keep going. Like this is really, really great. So this year is, is um, it's just taping out to be fun year, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And generically speaking, that's like the story of so many small businesses that chicken and yeah. egg and, and, and balancing the different seats that you have to sit in as an entrepreneur and as a business owner uh, and, and knowing like what comes first. Well, it all comes first. It's all important. <laughs> and so, yeah, really, yeah, exactly. Really that, uh, that juggling act um, that has to happen and there is no right it. or wrong answer. It just has to happen uh, uniquely for each organization and it takes time in the seat um, is what I tell people. I'm like, I can, from a strategic perspective, even when I'm talking to the businesses we work with, I can teach you the mindsets and I can teach you the methods, but it just takes time in the seat. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And I find what's helpful again, kind of bringing in the EO perspective um, like my four mates have always been great. And even though we're all in such diverse industries, it's funny that we're all kind of going through the same things at the same time. Um, and our businesses are all at different stages and in different industries, but, um, we're all kind of going through similar things and our experience shares are fantastic. And then even some of the larger chats, um, like there was a, a, a my women, EO, my EO women um, lecture chat that was the other day that I sat in on. Some of the tidbits that I take out of all of those things are so applicable and almost immediately like, yeah, I can bring that in right now and I learn from that. So having that larger group of experiences to say, okay, nine, you know, I can pick 10% of that conversation or 10% of that experience is immediately applicable to what I need. And then I can go back and bank the other 90, and go back to it and bring it in when I need it. Mm -hmm. um, having that, you know, board of directors, my own personal sounding board of directors out there um, has been really helpful uh, on this path because, you know, I don't know how to do this. This is something uh, I've got great guts, you know, great gut feelings and great instincts and all that kind of stuff. And I know the industry really, really well. But having that sounding board of, yeah, you're on the right path. You do need to compartmentalize and strategize. You can't do it all at once. Um, understanding what's the right priority. Someone else did this. This is how they did it. Yeah, that makes sense. I shouldn't recreate the wheel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, so, it's so great to have that sounding block there. Um, and then when Definitely the universe valuable. Kind of yeah, when the universe kind of, you know, is is in, you know, the stars are aligning and, and, and kind of say, yes, you're, you know, kind of giving you signs that you're on the right path, then you know you're you're doing something right, which is great. I think part of that is also that positive perspective. It seems like it creates this snowball effect. And, um, you know, it, you just 
are open to that positivity and the universe saying, yes, you can do this, um, then things just start to fall into place and it makes sense. And that's both, you know, for our business lives and our personal lives. That's at least what I have experienced through this. You got it. Yeah. And leadership is hard. And I think a lot of our like team, like a lot of my team, um, it take it took me a while to appreciate my um my vulnerability as not being like a true detriment. Like I always, I'm a very emotional person and I'm like, Oh, I wish I wasn't. I wish I was like stone cold. And I wish I was just like, cut it out. Like don't let a tear drop. Um, and it was, it, it take me, it's taken me a long time. It's like, no, like that's who I am. I'm not going to apologize for having emotions and for being vulnerable. And I'm also not, you know, I'm not a pushover as a result of it. But I'm also not going to apologize for caring because that's who I am. And I do care. And my caring is the passion that I have for my team, for my business, for my clients, for everything, right? For the livelihood of them and the livelihood of us collectively and for the livelihood and passion of the firm. Um, and that's not something that I should feel guilty or apologize for. So it's taken me a long time to get over that. And the people that appreciate that are the ones that I want on our team. And the ones that see that as a weakness and see that as something that like, oh, she's a weak leader. And I don't, I don't think that you're a good fit for our group and that's okay. But it's taken me a long time to get over that. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay. If they're not a good fit for the team and that's okay. recognizing that and appreciating that um, is really important. And so I know you mentioned earlier that appreciation is what you've got on your screensaver. I just want to give a shout out to, I never even considered putting my word of the year on a screensaver. That's a takeaway that I'm going to enact like right after this. <laughs> so I think that's wonderful. Um, I don't know how many of us on our team, you know, we have what we call team huddles and occasionally I'll be like, Hey, today I want us to reflect on our word of the year and really spend time like remembering that and thinking about that and making decisions around that. And how have we seen that grow uh, thus far throughout the year? And I've had times when they've said, well, what was my word again? <laughs> I was like, okay, we haven't spent enough time thinking about this. Um, so putting on a screensaver is a great idea. I love that. So yeah, um, kudos to you for doing that. I'm <laughs> definitely going to be stealing that one. Um, but we've come to a time where I would love for you to just give a shout out uh, to any other women entrepreneurs that have really influenced you and um, that you would like to give any kudos to. Oh my gosh. Um, gee, I haven't thought about this. I would, I would say um, one of my very first female managers at the steel mill, um, at the steel, steel company, uh, Gina Succi. So she's phenomenal. She rocks. I love her. Um, she uh, is, is amazing. I don't know. I, I can't say I, I, I'm at a loss to say anything about her. She, um, civil engineer, uh, and, uh, was an amazing manager and still is a mentor and friend of mine. And I see her, uh, supposed to get together last weekend and we had to cancel our brunch and we're rescheduling it. Um, but she's phenomenal. She's, you know, always encouraged me and, and is a sounding block. And there's a ton of women in my Zonta group, um, who are incredible. Um, so my Zonta group, we are 
uh, the 14th group uh, chapter in the world. Zonta turned 102 years old this year. Um, so it's a great kind of legacy old organization. And uh, our club is number 14. We had our 95th anniversary um, earlier this year. And, and kind of when people ask me about that, one of the things I always say is Amelia, Amelia Earhart was a member of Zonta before she just at her time of her disappearance. So um, that's my little like that's how we're on the map. Like we, <laughs> she was a member of us, of, of our group. Um, the women I've met in, in my chapter in particular, then of course some women outside of my chapter, um, they're incredible trailblazers. Um, like one of the women who's passed away, she was one of the first engineers uh, in my city uh, for Siemens Westinghouse. Um, and she passed away maybe 10 years ago. She was 96 years old. So you can imagine being one of the first female engineers of her time. Um, incredible. Uh, one of the first female stockbrokers down on in Toronto. Uh, she passed away again a number of years ago, but I got the privilege of talking with her and sitting next to her a number of times. So there's these amazing trailblazing women who have come before uh, and helped move the needle and, and done amazing things. Um, and, and, you know, just trying to live up and, and to, in their shadows and move beyond and live in their shoes. And, um, and they've been amazing mentors for me um, over the years. And I hope I can be that for uh, I got the I, for some other women at some point. I've got the privilege to be a volunteer judge at the Young Entrepreneurs uh, Inc. magazine puts one on for the summer discovery program for a bunch of teenagers. Um, and there was a couple of uh, young women there uh, as well as uh, young men. And that was such a cool experience. So being able to kind of hopefully give some words of guidance for them they can take uh, in their future entrepreneurship uh, world and journey. Um, they can just take one little thing I said and it made a little bit of an impact and I left the world a little bit brighter for them, then that's, that's awesome. I wish I could do that for them. That is awesome. So how might people find you, Diane? Oh, um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, my first name, last name, um, or my company website, which is uh, www.dstadvisorygroup.com. Um, and uh, yeah, always available. Thank you so much. And I really enjoyed this conversation and all of your stories. So did I. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. It was great. And um, so I love great. all these other podcasts. So thank you. This was awesome. Thank you.